that big old fairway Still want no hackers to get my way The boys and me got a big NASA goal Before we drive It's the Golf Insiders Giving you the inside scoop on all things golf Now, here are your Golf Insiders on ESPN 1080 into the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the Golf House tonight, your host, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B. Rich Bianco. Hey, we are coming off the PGA show, Rich B. Big week last week here in Orlando for everybody in the golf industry. And uh, did you get any toys while you were at the big, big merchandise show? Uh, what did I get? I got the the uh, new look uh, Titleist golf balls. They came out with their new designs for this year, and uh, I did. I got a handful of chips, poker chips from uh, Holly J. Poker chips, <laughs> special poker <laughs> chips. That's right. Um, hey, got out and played a little golf today with our good pal Mary Bryan. Uh, from the LPGA and one of our favorite golf insiders and assistant golf coach at UCF. We played with a couple of pals of hers and we had a really great time. Looking, uh, looking good over there at Arrow for anybody who hasn't played there in a while. Um, recently purchased by some folks from Belgium and, uh, they are really putting a ton of money into the golf course out there and it was looking good. 27 holes of fabulous fun there at Arrow. Yeah, I mean, one of the neatest tracks around around Orlando, don't you think, Rich B? Yeah, some elevation changes, and, uh, you know, it's old, old, you know, grown in, old growth. And uh, it's a great layout, really. Uh, they got a decent piece of property, and uh, it's not that far. It's, uh, what is it, uh, t- uh, 20 minutes from uh, uh, down the... Just about uh, anywhere now, yeah, because the, you got the, the 429, 429 that right dumps there. out right at the entrance. And played with a couple of friends of Mary's, Cal Haig and Bob Good from uh, Heathrow. And I'm telling you what, we had... We had a couple of tough matches, came down to the final 18. Mary sinking a big putt, and um, I kept my money in my pocket. You know what? I can't believe you were actually golfing. You were the busiest person. Ain't nobody working any harder at that PGA show than Holly G. And you were just camping. And located. we won another award, Rich B. Uh-huh. The Golf Insiders. Yes, we did. Really? Yep. Wow, you're good. Outstanding achievement! You are you are good in the I radio in the radio category. Ain't nobody working any Thanks harder to the than international network of golf. Okay, so who did I see? Most impressive thing I saw at the PGA show: Flava Flav, Flava Flav. Yeah, he's just signing autographs in a booth. Who was that? Flava Flav. <laughs> Did I miss something? I know Flavor Flav. He's, a, he's that guy with the big clock on his uh, yeah, you know, necklace. You know, and he's got the gold grill, you know. Oh. He's a singer. Was, uh, no. No, no, you didn't miss anything. No, I obviously <laughs> did not miss anything. Come on, bring up some of his music. Uh, you know what? It, it, it's funny because uh, he's at the back nine booth, you know, some clothing line or whatever it is, line. I'm not sure exactly what it was. But uh, he was rap. He was like a face for the company. You know, how's that for uh, talent? Well, there were, uh, you know, there were a few players walking around, walking around the floor, and um, I got a chance to sit down and do a little Q and A with Miss Paula Creamer, which we'll be playing next week, and uh, she's, uh, I think she's going to be one to watch this year, and we've got a lot to talk about. Hey, did you get me my Jimmy Buffett tickets yet? 
Buffett, I think you're a little behind the curve here, Rich B. I think you had to get those tickets back in like September. What Come is on. it? What is it? Tomorrow night? You want tickets Come on. from me now? You got to hook me up, Holly. Please, you got to take care of old Buffett Parrot Head. So, uh, all right, give your shameless plug now that you are Ranger Rick out at Hunter's Creek. You know what? Where's my love? Come Telling on. you what, Brian. I think that you know. I, I think he's losing a little money out there on the golf course. So now you know he's out there. Schlepping around Hunter's Creek. Uh, Hunter's is not bad. I understand you. Know you it's a you, great you, golf course. You, you carry a couple of water guns, bazooka I water you, guns, to keep uh, things under control out it, there. It is busy. Let's see. I'm more like a traffic cop than a ranger out there. <laughs> it's like I-4. If you don't keep up with the car in front of you, you're going to get run over. So uh, it's pretty simple. Those are the rules of the road and the golf course. You know, you have to keep up with the group in front of you. Try not to play slow and... Uh, uh, enjoy the round. Uh, don't forget there are other people on the course, and uh, let's, you know, have a good time. Hunters Creek, not bad. Great public golf course. Well, so I come home from the PGA show, you know, about eight days of, you know, working however many bazillion oh, hours. Brutal. You're brutal. And, um, I, you know, it's Sunday, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, great, just going to kick back and watch a little golf on TV. So I turn on the uh, Farmers Insurance Tournament and um, catch the first, you know, half hour on the Golf Channel, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, this Stanley guy is just going to run away with this thing. I'm just going to kick back, snooze on the couch, keep it in the background. Oh, well, was hoping for a good tournament, but didn't look like it was going to happen. You know what? And then, and then, we have the Vandeville meltdown for 2012. Oh, my goodness, Kyle Stanley. It was painful, Rich B. He did a mess. He made a mess on the last hole. and uh, Four-shot lead standing on 18-T. Honestly, I thought the guy was going to be able to put it away, but uh, uh, unfortunately, you know, something creeped into his head. Somebody must or something just kind of distracted him there. And to make triple bogey. Uh, on 18, know, I mean, it was playing one of the easiest holes. Yeah, you know, as Part a, five. As Come a professional. On. <laughs> Rich B. Your job is to finish the deal. I mean, you played all these, you know, 71 great holes, and now it's the 72nd hole. And you got a three-shot lead. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Putter, putter, putter. Throw it. <laughs> Throw it to the back of the green. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, three putts from 45 feet for triple. Uh, loses on the second playoff hole. Now, the funniest thing was, you know, they went back to 18 for the first playoff hole. Both birdie. I'm sure he would have liked to have had the replay mm. on that one. And then they go out to uh, number the par 3, number 16. Well, Gary McCord, who was doing the tower there, had already left the golf course. Once they got through 16, he's thinking, this guy's got it sewed yeah. up. I'm out of yeah, here. Yeah. He's on the highway. He hears on the radio that the guy has, you know, backed into the playoff. He's got to come back to finish the telecast. It was hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. That gotta, is classic. That's gotta, classic McCord right there. He's, you know, and I think everybody watching that golf tournament did the exact same thing. They're, you know, okay, I got a couple minutes here. I'm going to take off and uh, go to the grocery store or whatever or flip around the channels. And, uh, Lo and behold, this guy, uh, you know, just uh, completely fell apart there. But uh, unfortunate for him. Congratulations, Snedeker. Brand well Snedeker. Yeah. Um, you know, not the first time he's come from behind and just coming off hip surgery. Do you think he was on the practice tee waiting? He must. They must have fetched him out of the uh, locker room. He was probably had his spikes off, headed for the car. You know, slamming the trunk. You know, a little uh, upset. But you know what? Played, you know, through the 18th, birdied 18, and yeah. that proved to be decisive. So it just shows yeah. you, right? See, that's a big, uh, that's a big swing right there. That's a couple hundred grand.
Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got a jam-packed show tonight. Lots of our favorite golf insiders uh, coming up. We're going to have Bob Herrig from ESPN.com calling in. He's back from Abu Dhabi. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Jeff Shane. We got a host of our insiders. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Drive the BMW of your dreams at the price you like with financing you don't want to miss. Get to Fields BMW and choose from an incredible selection of certified pre-owned BMWs. Now with special 0.9% financing. Fields BMW, Windsor Park, South Orlando, Daytona Beach, and Lakeland. Fields matters because you matter. Visit FieldsBMW.com. Offer valid with approved credit up to 36 months and excludes the X6 and M-Series models. Offer expires 1031-11. Golfers. Have you discovered the hottest golf ball since the Pro V1? Well, listen up. They're Chromax golf balls, and they're cooler and more colorful than Ricky Fowler's outfits on the PGA Tour. Chromax golf balls feature a reflective inner layer and translucent outer layer that make the golf ball appear brighter and easier to hit. Chromax's metallic finish reflects sunlight through the clear cover for unprecedented visibility, making it easier to hit the sweet spot, track the trajectory of your ball in flight, and make adjustments to your swing. Chromax golf balls are USGA approved and come in a rainbow of colors to suit every golfer's personality and playing ability. Lower your scores and put some fun back into your game. Chromax golf balls are available at your local golfsmith stores or visit www.chromaxgolf.com. Are you or your business suffering from financial stress? Are you so overwhelmed with bookkeeping that you don't have time to grow your business? Are you behind on your tax returns or being audited by the IRS? The accounting firm of Frank J. Guida CPA can help. With over 30 years of experience, you can count on Frank J. Guida CPA. We provide customized financial services and strategic solutions for a variety of clients. Tired of CPA firms that don't return calls? We provide frequent, timely, and direct communication. Our number one goal is to always be responsive and provide the answers our clients need. Stop worrying and make more money. Let Frank J. Guida CPA show you the way. For a free consultation, call 407-539-0031 or visit cpaconsultant.com. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he shanked that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G and Rich B. Our man was out there. Watching the whole thing happen at Torrey Pines. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Take Figure off. out other ways to use. Well, hello, Todd. Todd. Well, how about that? So the, Brian, the, the tour goes good. to the desert. To the hey, desert. Todd, hey, Todd, you there? Todd? I think we better call him back. We're having a little technical difficulty here with the computer, Rich B. And don't, it happens. It's live radio, man. Don't you love the Phoenix Open? Waste management coming up. <laughs> yep. Love waste management. Arizona, we're going to get the whole scoop from Todd. I think we got him back. Todd? Hey, you there? Yeah, we're here. Good. Sorry. That's okay. Hey, what I said, it's live radio. You know what that's all about. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so, uh... You know, we were just going through the whole uh, 
scenario on Sunday, and what was it like being there, Todd? It was, it was weird uh, because I watched and talked to Kyle every day since he shot that open with that 62 in round number one on the north course. Um, and so he he had obviously a lot of confidence. He had a large lead, a five-shot lead heading into the final round. He felt comfortable, looked very comfortable um, prior to his round. And uh, he's really kind of um, socially shy. So on Sunday he was smiling a lot. We were talking a lot off camera. And he, he was kind of, you know, warm. And, and I felt like, yeah, this is yeah, he's going to win this thing, hands down. And then when he built that seven-shot lead, the first two or three holes, I said, well, you know, he's got too much talent, he's got too much confidence, and obviously he seems comfortable in this situation. But apparently, you know, when you've never won before, I think it's harder, especially when you're that young, to play with a large lead because you keep thinking of, and this is what I think happened to him. Now, granted, again, I've said this many times on the show, I don't have a name on my bag. But it felt like to me it was hard for him to play with a large lead because he was thinking about everything that could happen terribly if he lost that lead. And um, it was weird. I was on the 18th hole, and they they had already filled out the check that they were going to hand him. They wrote his name on it, the people from Farmers. And, uh, you know, when he three-putted that, that hole, I mean, my heart sank. I felt for him because he's got tremendous talent. He was All-American at Clemson and playing on the Walker Cup, and, you know, I just, I was just blown away, and, you know, it, it was really strange. But it was, I, I, it was strange because it, it, you know, it wasn't like the wheels had, you know, started falling off. I mean, you know, he made some huge par putts coming in, you know, the back nine. And, um, you know, I mean, you stand in 18 with a four shot lead. I mean, you know, and Brandt was playing okay, but it wasn't like, you know, he went on a big run. So it was just strange how it all happened. Well, I, I will say that third shot that he hit, I mean, he didn't really just choke. I mean, he didn't do a Roy McIlroy at Augusta last year. I mean, he hit that third shot he hit to that par five at Torrey at 18. I mean, it was a really good shot. It had so much spin. And I think it, it, if it had gone a foot higher, and it looked like he caught on the down slope of that little bowl there. Exactly. He would have been fine. But yeah. he had too much spin, and it hit that bank just right. And he really, and I, I talked to Brian Seneker after he won. He said he just got a bad break. Um, but the three-putt was a lot of pressure getting to him, thinking about the, the, the negatives more than the positives. Um, but, you know, it, it was tough watching him. I, Ron Syrick, a great writer for Golf World, tweeted this. And I, 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 I wasn't in the press tent, but I did see the tape. He said that was probably the most difficult press conference he's ever been sitting in, and he's been in a lot of them. Uh, and watching Kyle Stanley, you know, more or less lose it there as he – after after losing that event to to Brand Snedeker, and, you know my heart goes out to him. But again, he he's got tremendous talent. He's only 24, and you know I mentioned Rory McIlroy, but we remember what Rory did, and the stage there was huge. I mean, it was great, greater than it was this past Sunday, and he came back and he won the U.S. Open. So I think Kyle will grow from this, toughen him up, let this fuel his desire even more, and. uh yeah, I, I think he's going to win several times. Well, um, you know, how what was the press conference like? I, I didn't see it. Um, how did he handle it? Well, I can just—I was at the um, first playoff hole, um, waiting to interview the winner, and 
I immediately went to Brandt and interviewed him for Golf Central, but I, I couldn't help but look over and check check out Kyle and see how he was reacting. And it looked like he was just in shock. I mean, he wasn't saying anything. David Ferrier was about to interview him, um, and you know, no real emotion. He looked robotic. Yeah. Um, but once he got to the media tent, I guess about ten minutes later, I think the ride from the 17th green to the media center. All of that just started. Just he, he couldn't hold it in any longer, and he would. I mean, when you're sitting in front of reporters, and they're asking you what happened and how you're feeling, I mean, this kid all his life he's played. I mean, these players have their dream is to win on the PGA Tour, and I mean, he was there. He had his hand around that brass ring, and it came out. And you know, he just couldn't hold it in any longer. And tears were coming down his eyes, and. He was trying to keep his composure, but it was really difficult. And um, but you know, again, that's I think this is going to make him stronger. I mean, he's got the personality and the talent in the game, and I think every player, every player in that locker room feels for him. And he is I, he's receiving so many pats on the back this week in Scottsdale. Um, I think he's going to be lifted up. He may not play very well this week, but you give him a month or so, and he, I, I think he's going to be right in the mix once again. Well, it is a, another example of how golf can be so cruel. You know, you're not mm. surrounded by uh, teammates in those moments, um, much like um, uh, the kicker who missed in the playoff game um, a few weeks ago. But, um, you know, and I think tough, I mean, tough to be uh, Snedeker, but at the end of the day, you know, you want the win. But certainly, um, you know, as you say, this should this should build uh, build some uh, broad shoulders. Yeah, it should. And and you know, Lost, to be honest with you, in all of this, and Brant Snedeker's great play. Um, Brant uh, was coming off his second consecutive off season of hip surgery. He had surgery on his left hip in 2010, and he had surgery on his right hip in the end of 2011. He, he was on the first page of the leaderboard going into the final round of the United Challenge and obviously winning last week. He's healthy. He's gained a lot of strength in his body. Um, he's been really working on his game in Sea Island, and he's one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. And he said to me after winning that he wants to be on that Ryder Cup team. He's good friends with Davis Love III. And if you, in the last year, he's won twice. He won at Hilton Head and obviously winning last week. When you are a great putter like Brand Snedeker is, if you're Davis Love the third, even if he's just close by the points, it doesn't make it doesn't qualify. You've got to pick him, in my opinion, because great putters do so much in a Ryder Cup. More, they're, they're, it's better to have a great putter on your team than it is to have a long bomber, uh, because you know the clutch putts are what makes or breaks a match in Ryder Cup match play competitions. Um, another guy who was in the mix here for a little bit, uh, who we probably don't know a lot about, and there were a lot of uh, jokes going around, John, huh? <laughs> 21-year-old out of Q school? Yeah, I think he was the 24th or 25th, the last or next to last, to get his PGA Tour card through Q school. That was, that, that was a big event for him. Uh, because uh, it, it's really hard to explain, but what happens is once you're, you, you, the first few events, you just go in, you get some early starts, and then those who got through on Q school or the rookie season in the car, then there's something called a reshuffle, uh, where you, they look at how much money you've made so far, and that gets you into the, 
upcoming tournaments. It's kind of complicated. So Hugs probably locked himself in for the rest of the year just for that finish he had on Sunday. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't know a lot about him. I met him Sunday. Uh, you know, and that's a, it, just as much as it was a great learning experience for Kyle Stanley, I do believe it was a great learning experience for him as well. He's worldly. He was born in Korea, lived in New York and L.A., so he's traveled the world. And, um, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's hard to go out there and win. I think last year, if you look back, when I say it's hard to go out and win, I'm saying it as a rookie. If you look back at all the rookies that won last year, I think that that was kind of a, a phenomenal year that, that so many rookies won because, again, we saw, as we saw last week, it's really difficult to win on the PGA Tour especially if you don't have a lot of experience on that tour. So I, all these young players that got this winning experience last year, there's such an advantage to the players who didn't get it the three, four, five years prior. So there's so many years that the Rookie of the Year was decided and handed to winners or non-winners on the PGA Tour. And to have several rookies that won last year, it was remarkable. Keegan Bradley, uh, Scott Stallings, you know, a couple others, just to name Brendan Steele, just to name a few. And so it's, it's, it's remarkable. We're talking to Todd Lewis of the Golf Channel. And also to Kyle's uh, credit, you know, he came back and birdied that hole on, yeah. on the first playoff hole on 18, you know, matched uh, Brant with a birdie. So, uh, you know, and then, hey, even Seneker had to, had to drop a pretty strong putt on the 16th to make par in the second hole. So, you know, unfortunately he didn't turn out the winner and he, you know, he backed into it. But uh, it wasn't like he then just, you know, collapsed and couldn't hold his head up high. No, I agree. And, again, Brandt is a veteran and a proven winner on the PGA Tour. One of the things about Brandt, Brandt has, uh, in his, all of his wins in Greensboro and Hilton Head and, and last week at Torrey, he's come from behind making a huge Sunday charge. I think he was, he came from five back to win in Greensboro, five or six back to win, uh, in Hilton Head. And, you know, he, I think he was six, maybe seven back at Torrey, one of those two. So, you know, he's, he's a good Sunday charge player. Exactly. Well, uh, kind, kind of uh, fun to watch him and glad to see that he's healthy. Uh, let's uh, switch gears real quick just to get your thoughts on Abu Dhabi and uh, Tiger uh, falling short on Sunday. You know, I was, uh, because I had not acclimated myself still after spending a week in the desert in Palm Springs and a week in Torrey Pines, I still had not acclimated myself to wet Chris time, so I was waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning out there in California, and, and I, I got to uh, watch Tiger play the final nine holes just about every round. And the, what I noticed the first three rounds that, uh, that impressed me was his demeanor. Um, he seemed not only to have his, his swing and control, but his mind and his anger, for lack of a better term. Uh, he would hit a bad shot, and he would kind of say in those first three rounds, oh, that was lovely, Tiger, kind of poke fun of him at himself. Then that final round when the heat was on, not only does his swing, I, I feel like, left him, but also that control, that mental control. I saw him slam the club, have a few bad words that was caught on, on the air. Um, so I, I really think that that is something that Tiger needs to, to work on. There is, a, there is controlled competitiveness, I feel, you know, in not getting so upset yourself and just dropping it right there. It's, if you hit a bad shot, then forgetting about it right there and moving on. Um, you know, one of the great teachers, who I'm not going to tell you his name, but he said, you, you, can't, you can't play in fear. you got to hit the ball, 
hit it where you want to go, want it to go, rather than if it, if it doesn't end up there, then just go up there and hit it again. It's as simple as that. And if you start getting angry as Tiger has demonstrated throughout his career, then I think that perpetuates negative energy that, that we saw on Sunday. And Robert Rock, solid wow. as a rock. He's he's already he's already my man for people's sexiest man alive for 2012. I, I'm, wow. I'm 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 there already. Wow, how about that? Um, I mean that hair. I mean, Ricky Fowler had nothing on that hair. No, uh, I, I met Robert Rock at uh, Congressional last year. Um, interesting story. He just qualified, I think, a couple of weeks prior, maybe the week prior to the U.S. Open, and uh, had some visa problems and ended up showing up at Congressional the day before round one, so he didn't even see the golf course. I remember that. That was <laughs> yeah. crazy. It was crazy. And so I got a chance to say hi to him and spent a couple minutes with him and uh, seemed uh, very nice, very warm, very in control, kind of gregarious. Um, I think he's very popular on the European tour. So, yeah, it's a great win for him. Um, so, I mean, you could say you stared eye to eye with Tiger and took him down. Hey, what's and, the, Todd, what's the deal with his no hat? I mean, he doesn't wear a cap at all. Visor, nothing. You know, I, I, I think he, he, if you remember Ted Treba. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Ted Treba was, felt, so, I'm not kidding. Ted's a, Ted's a friend of mine. I used to work with him at the Golf Channel. And Ted actually said, that he felt he had the best hair on the PGA Tour and he didn't want to cover it up. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and so I, I, I don't know, but I, I got to believe that that's what Robert Rock is thinking. I mean, I haven't, I've never asked him that question, and obviously the people on the European Tour would know m- uh, more than me, but, um, you know, if you decide to do that, I mean, you're giving up a lot of cash because especially if you're a big-time player that has taken down the world's most popular player in Tiger Woods. No I mean, doubt. I mean, I don't know if your listeners know, but I mean, yeah, these companies pay pay these players like close to half a million to a million dollars just to wear a hat. I think. And, uh, I think maybe, maybe you're going to see him start pulling out Barbasol or something to get know, in the interviews. <laughs> well, I don't know, but he he is a character, and you know who knows? He could be yet another European force. I mean, this could give him the confidence. That uh, you know he needs, and you know, again, great players out of Europe are again taking the spotlight uh, at this time in this era in golf. How about that? We got a Ted Treba reference in tonight. We, we've been working on Tebow the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Teddy ball game, he's a good dude. So, what's your, what's your feeling, Todd, as we look out uh, to the 2012 season? Uh, do you think it's going to be another one of these seasons where we've just you know got story after story week to week? Do you think there's going to be a breakout player? What's your Thought. Well, um, there's there's several storylines that I'm interested in following um, in 2012. One is the continuing process uh, of Tiger Woods. Um, I think it is still interesting um, to see Tiger. I think it's more interesting to fans, in my opinion, not to see Tiger dominate like he did in, in 2000, 2001, but to see him in contention on Sunday and losing just like he did in Abu Dhabi. Because like, that, you know, it piques interest. And I think it's just a, it, it's a better story for him to continue to fight his way back as opposed to dominating the, the golf world as he did a decade ago. So that's, that's a great storyline. I'm a little concerned about Phil Mickelson. Um, I, I don't know if we may be seeing definitely the, the 
fall of his career, but maybe the winter of his career right now. Um, I, I'm just concerned about Phil's health. Um, I think he's got a lot of uncertainty with his game, especially on the punting green. So I'm concerned about that. And yeah, I, I'm looking for another young breakout player. I think Jason Day is is his wife is is, is uh, about to have the couple first child. And when I, once I think that happens, I think Jason is going to just explode and have a great year and be in contention uh, for major championships once again. So, yeah, I'm, there are a lot of storylines I'm, I'm looking forward to in 2012. And you can see them all in the golf channel. That's <laughs> right. I was just going to say, we know where to tune in. And um, what's the coverage coming up this week for the waste management? Oh, you would ask me. I'm off this week. Um, <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we know. I know we're on Thursday and Friday, and I know we've got uh, awful rounds in Abu Dhabi. Not Abu Dhabi. Where they are? They're Qatar this this week uh, in the Mid East Desert Swing. We got awful rounds at that event. Um, again, top top players in the world there: Lee Westwood, uh, Roy McIlroy, Lou Donald. You know those guys, and uh, and I think Hunter Mahan has made the trip over from the United States. Uh, but the waste management team in Copen. I mean. That that is the party on the PGA Tour, the 16th hole, that iconic par three. You know, you're going to have like close to 300 to 400 thousand fans at that event this week. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It is. It's uh, it's it's sort of uh, the Super Bowl on the golf course there at the TPC in Scottsdale. It's going to be a lot of fun and. As always, we love talking to Todd Lewis, and he talks to us even on his day off. That's pretty great. <laughs> we appreciate it, Todd, so much, and we love everybody at the Golf Channel. Oh, well, thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, you're listening to the Golf Insiders, 1080 ESPN. We've got lots more coming up. Stay with us. Drive the BMW of your dreams at the price you like with financing you don't want to miss. Get to Fields BMW and choose from an incredible selection of certified pre-owned BMWs. Now with special 0.9% financing. Fields BMW, Windsor Park, South Orlando, Daytona Beach, and Lakeland. Fields matters because you matter. Visit FieldsBMW.com. Offer valid with approved credit up to 36 months and excludes the X6 and M-Series models. Offer expires 1031-11. Golfers, have you discovered the hottest golf ball since the Pro V1? Well, listen up. They're Chromax golf balls, and they're cooler and more colorful than Ricky Fowler's outfits on the PGA Tour. Chromax golf balls feature a reflective inner layer and translucent outer layer that make the golf ball appear brighter and easier to hit. Chromax's metallic finish reflects sunlight through the clear cover for unprecedented visibility, making it easier to hit the sweet spot, track the trajectory of your ball in flight, and make adjustments to your swing. Chromax golf balls are USGA approved and come in a rainbow of colors to suit every golfer's personality and playing ability. Lower your scores and put some fun back into your game. Chromax golf balls are available at your local golfsmith stores or visit www.chromaxgolf.com. Human Motion Associates is Orlando's cutting-edge athletic performance training center. Human Motion Associates is dedicated to the art of human movement patterns, gait, and motion analysis, and improving performance through science. 
prevent injuries, and enhance your daily activities through corrective stretching and strength training. We provide a comprehensive motion analysis and composition assessment to meet your health and fitness needs. Director Chuck Wolf is a leading expert and speaker on body mechanics and works with developmental and top professional athletes, including Masters champion Zach Johnson and U.S. Women's Open champion Paula Kramer. If you have an injury, suffer from chronic pain, or are someone seeking the highest standard of fitness training, Human Motion Associates offers a multidisciplinary approach to reach your goals and needs. Enhance your health and quality of life. Call Human Motion Associates today. 407-948-9602. Again, that's 407-948-9602. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing. And then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G along with Rich B. And um, our main Golf Insider, Rich B, has been a busy guy already with the beginning of the 2012 season. And he's just back from Abu Dhabi. I love saying that name. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. I don't know. There's something about the name. It's Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. A little jet lag, but uh, we're happy to have him back on the Golf Insiders. Hey, Bob. Hey, it's a lot jet lag. A lot jet lag. Okay, we'll we'll ask... Well, ask the questions. The worst it's ever been. Yeah. Well, ask the questions really slow. <laughs> well, first, give our listeners some sense of what it's like over there. How do you get there? I mean, it looks like somebody just painted a golf course in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of amazing that um, that they have lush green golf courses there when you consider what the climate is like. Um, this time of year, it's kind of like Palm Springs. It's, uh, you know, it's very chilly at night and very nice in the day. And, you know, I think on Saturday it was about 80 degrees and several of the days it was in the mid to high 70s. Very comfortable. And then at night it dips down just because it's the desert, just like it would be in Palm Springs. But in the summertime there, it's just brutal. Um, 120 degrees every day, 115 lows of like 90, oh my 88. Gosh. So um, you can imagine how hard it must be to, to keep a golf course uh, in condition. But uh, like to see to that budget <laughs> yeah, for this superintendent. The country's the country's wealthy, though. I mean, it's um, you know it's interesting to to be in a place where gas prices are half of what we pay, and taxis are very cheap, probably because of the, for the same reason. Um, everything else is pretty expensive, but those things are are a lot less than what we're used to and uh yeah i mean it's a um it's you know basically 50 years ago there was nothing there so everything's very modern all the buildings all the structures are relatively new um and it's in it's inhabited by a lot of westerners i mean uh you know the the actual population of of citizens of the UAE is only about 15% everybody else is from somewhere else uh, and so it's very easy to communicate because um, all the signs are in Arabic and English. Every restaurant is has English and you know on the menus. Everybody wow. there speaks English. 
Um, so that part of it was no problem at all. In fact, it was very, you know, very nice place to visit, very friendly. The people of all kinds of nationalities were represented at the golf tournament. I wrote about that one day. I thought it was really neat to see, um, you know, there were people there following Tiger mostly, you know, from India, Pakistan, from the U.K., from Germany, the Netherlands, I mean, um, and, and, and the U.S., of course. Uh, there was just a lot of people of different backgrounds who were uh, who were in attendance. So you really got a sense of uh, the global golf uh, interest. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, and that's why I guess why they can have a tournament there. In fact, they have you know they have three in the, uh, in the you know the, the they call it the golf swing on the European tour in their Qatar this week, which is probably about an hour flight away from from where I was, and then Dubai. Uh, next week, which is maybe an hour and a half drive uh, from Abu Dhabi, so um, you know it's it's pretty amazing to think that um, you know a country that size, probably less than 20 million people, has two pretty big golf tournaments. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know, basically their their country is the size of a lot of our states, and uh, but yet. Uh, they're able to attract all those people there. It's a heck of a long way to go from the U.S. How do you fly um, there, Ti- Bob? Yeah, I think Tiger probably had a little bit more of a direct route than I did. <laughs> um, uh, I, I went um, through Amsterdam, uh, both going and coming. And Amsterdam is, is a seven-hour flight from Abu Dhabi. So you can imagine, you know, Amsterdam's a long way as it is, I it was nine hours. On the way back, it was seven hours from Abu Dhabi to Amsterdam, and then after a layover, nine hours from Amsterdam to Atlanta. So that's why I'm, I'm like, just still very discombobulated today because uh, basically it took me about 30 hours to get home uh, with no delays. That, that's like a day, so, tri- uh, day trip there. But, you know, uh, interestingly, uh, as you were saying, Bob, uh, there, was a, there was some uh, talk about Tiger receiving money you know, to play on this, uh, in that event particularly? Uh, there, that's not just talk. That's a fact. Um, you know, he got, he got an appearance fee to be there, uh, as did, um, um, as did several players in the field. I mean, Rory was getting paid to be there, Lee Westwood, uh, Luke Donald, uh, all varying amounts that are very hard to confirm. Most most agree that Tiger was getting the most. Um, whenever he's gone to Dubai, he's gotten appearance fees. Uh, that's sort of the way it works on the European tour. Um, in fact, you know, a guy like Luke Donald is probably going to get some money to be at every tournament he plays on that tour that's not a World Golf Championship event or a major. Uh, it's one of the reasons Monty never came over here. You know, he, he got paid to be in all those tournaments, and you know, there's there's a debate to be had about this. You know, the PJ Tour doesn't have appearance fees, at least not directly. And, um, uh, you know, on the one hand, they assured themselves of a great field and they can promote it in advance. Uh, on the other hand, um, you know, golf is sort of, you know, one of the great things about it is is you get paid for your performance. Um, and, you know, no matter who you are on the PJ Tour, if you have a bad week, uh, you're going home empty-handed, and there's something about that that I think, from a sporting standpoint, is 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 noble. I mean, it, it sets golf apart. You know, it's uh, a guy who mails it in is going to suffer, uh, you know, uh, on the bottom line, but but not when you're getting an appearance fee. And 
you know, in Tiger's defense, in all these appearance fee events, he seems to always compete and do very, very well. Uh, you know, obviously he was in the mix there. Um, he's won Dubai several times. I don't think he's ever missed a cut in one of those tournaments. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it, it can be a hot-button topic for sure. Well, there were, I think, some varying opinions amongst um, your group there at ESPN.com about Tiger, and I can tell you around the, the PGA show, everybody was buzzing that he was running away with it on Saturday. And, um, of course, you know, that wasn't the case, but the perception was, here we go, you know, this is going to be the big win. So where do you think most of the you know, media stand? Uh, what are their thoughts uh, with Tiger not you know, closing the deal on Sunday, and it seems that, again, he's still having some problems. Yeah, I mean, I think the opinions are are all over the place on this. Um, uh, you know, first of all, I think you have to define what is your definition of being, quote, back. You know, if being back is to the way he was in 2005, 6, 7, well, then no, of course not. I mean... I don't know that he'll ever get back to that. I, I don't know that we should expect it. Um, you know, if, if nothing had happened two years ago, should we expect that at age 36 that he should be winning eight or nine tournaments every year? I just don't know that that's realistic, you know, uh, 15, 16, 17 years into a career. Uh, but if you go by where he was in August, which is, Missing the cut at the PGA Championship by 10 shots and, excuse me, it was 10 over par, uh, and, and hitting it everywhere, you know, not knowing where it was going. And then to this point, where he's just now had four really solid tournaments, including the President's Cup, yeah, it's a pretty good sign. I, I think any other player who goes 3-1 tied for third in, in three straight stroke play events, we say that's pretty good. But because it's Tiger, there's, there's, he's, he's competing against his own record, which is almost unfair. So, um, you know, he's clearly swinging the club much better, hitting a lot more solid shots. Um, you know, the big issues are, like last Thursday, when he, he couldn't make any putts. I mean, if he just makes anything that day, he probably wins the tournament. Uh, and then, of course, Sunday, he struggled to hit fairways. And uh, is that because it was tough to... You know, make that swing work under pressure, possibly. I mean, the other side of it is he did pretty well for three days, uh, getting the ball in play and, and, and hitting greens. So, um, obviously some work to be done still. I think his short game is not up to standard yet. His, his ability to hit chip shots. That's what really killed him in that final round on the, on the fourth and fifth holes when he missed greens and hit kind of poor chip shots. Um, where and made bogeys. You know that's where the tournament kind of started to slip away from him a little bit. And uh, you know he putted great Sunday to, to shoot 72. He probably should have shot 77 where he hit it. So you know no, he's not quite back. But I, I think my view is that if you look at the big picture where he was in the summer, not practicing or playing at all. Um, He's doing pretty good, and I think he's he's on the verge of having a pretty good year. Well, I think something, too, that we've talked about is, uh, and I think um, Robert 
Rock uh, exemplified this, you know, that idea of, of, you know, of players just not being able to take Tiger down on Sunday. Um, they don't have that fear anymore. And, I mean, this guy, admittedly, he said he was nervous, but, boy, what a victory. No question. I mean, I think the, the fear is definitely not much of a factor anymore. But the fear was always based on him being so solid. You know, um, Tiger just didn't make mistakes. You know, uh, I remember back way back at the at the um, at the U.S. Open at uh, Bethpage in '02 when he led throughout the whole tournament. You know, his rounds actually got worse every day in that tournament, but nobody could make a run at him because he wasn't going to make a double bogey or you know mess up badly. He was going to stay in control, and I think that's what they feared. That, you know, that they had to do something spectacular to overcome him, and then they forced it, and they played, they didn't play their game. I think what's happened is people have recognized, look, the guy has struggled, um, and why am I going to worry about what he does? Let me just do my thing, and, and maybe, you know, maybe he just won't have a very good day. You know, Robert Rock clearly was nervous. I mean, he admitted it afterward. He said he was, you know, he, he was very, very out of sorts at the beginning, but he managed the birdie the second and third holes to keep in touch with Tiger, and that really settled him down. You know, and it didn't matter what Tiger was doing. You know, those were holes that he could get to and 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 make something happen on, and he did. Uh, but you know, I, I I understand where people say he shouldn't lose to Robert Rock. He probably shouldn't. You know, and uh, uh, but then again. If he would have shot the 72 and Rory beats him by a shot, which Rory actually did finish ahead of him, you know, is, is that bad? Is, is that okay? Uh, uh, you know, Lee Westwood and Luke Donald were nowhere to be found on Sunday. So um, it's yeah. all kind of about your perceptions and standards. You know, nobody's hammering them. What was your uh, thought but, about uh, Luke's, Luke's play? Maybe one of his worst finishes, right? 51st or yeah. something? I, I get the sense that Luke didn't want to be there. Um he, the, the event was run by IMG. Uh, that's who manages him. I sense that he was asked very politely and, but firmly if he would play, and so he did it. I mean, you got to remember, he just played in the Australian PGA, uh, or the, excuse me, the Australian Masters, right before Christmas, the one that Ian Poulter won. And so, you know, he comes home for a few weeks, and, and now he's trekking off to Abu Dhabi, which is a long trip. And then came all the way home. And he just went over for the one tournament. And then I think he's going to start at Riviera in a couple of weeks. So I got the sense that he just, he wasn't sharp. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, I think that's understandable. But I mean, nobody's going to hammer him for it. Uh, and yet Tiger, it's sort of like he, he got himself in mix and now there's a lot of second guessing as to where his game is at because he had a bad Sunday. But, you know, I, I I think if you step back and look at the big picture, it's a pretty good result. It's a pretty good uh, um, a pretty good showing. There's a lot of really good shots that you hit during that tournament. Well, I have to ask you a final question, Bob. Um, your sidekick there, Michael Collins, had one of the largest logos I have ever seen on a shirt in one of your videos. <laughs> Did you bring one of those home too? I'm not sure what you're talking about. The uh, he, he had a uh, shirt on with some I don't know what uh, it looked like some you know local um, I don't know, logo on it, but it was it was about six inches long. It was huge. 
But I have to get them on them about that. <laughs> but it was definitely one of the biggest, uh, biggest logos I've ever seen. And uh, just uh, finally, what do you think about uh, the tournament this week? Um, some questions about Phil and his play. This is usually, you know, uh, a good tournament for him in his backyard in Phoenix. What, what are your thoughts on Phil and where he's at? Yeah, he's not off to a great start, is he? Um, you know, this is sort of, um, you know, Phil's mo, I suppose. He's the only thing consistent about Phil is his inconsistency, and um, you know I, I got a sen- I get a sense that he's going he's using the beginning of the year to just try to play his way into form. He's he's starting off playing I believe it's six straight, uh, you know Humana last week, this week, and then he's playing uh, Pebble Beach, and um, uh, and I guess it'd be five straight. Then he's playing Pebble Beach and Riviera. He's not going to play the match play. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a little disconcerting, but he doesn't seem concerned. And, you know, this is a tournament he's won twice. Um, he's played, I think this is the 23rd year he's playing Phoenix Open. Uh, so it'd be, it'd be it'd obviously a place that he likes. It'd be good for him to, to, to get a little momentum going. And, and obviously this is one of the neat weeks of the year. I mean, I know some people don't care for the 16th hole and, and all the rowdiness, but... Oh, I come on, once, they got to get over it. One, exactly. Once or twice a year, I think it's terrific. I mean, apparently the weather's really nice out there. They're talking about maybe having 200,000 people on Saturday. I mean, that's incredible. That's great for golf, and, you know, um, I, I always like the fact that Phoenix is Super Bowl week. Exactly. You know, I, I, I think it's a good week to have that tournament. It doesn't. It's not affected by the Super Bowl. Um, frankly, I think last week is a good week to start the year, and uh, you know I, 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 we're kind of into it now. You know, we're uh, everybody's playing again, and uh, you know the, the, the golf season is is kind of gearing up now. We're a couple of weeks away from seeing everybody uh, at the match play, so it's um, you know here, here we are now. Now we're really into it. It's heating up for sure, and uh, we're going to let you go get some rest. 30 hours jet-lagged and still giving us uh, just great golf stuff uh, every single minute. Thanks so much, Bob. Bob Herrick, ESPN.com, our big dog out there covering the tour, doing it better than anybody. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 1080 ESPN. Stay with us. we got much more coming up. Drive the BMW of your dreams at the price you like with financing you don't want to miss. Get to Fields BMW and choose from an incredible selection of certified pre-owned BMWs. Now with special 0.9% financing. Fields BMW, Windsor Park, South Orlando, Daytona Beach, and Lakeland. Fields matters because you matter. Visit FieldsBMW.com. Offer valid with approved credit up to 36 months and excludes the X6 and M-Series models. Offer expires 1031-11. Golfers, have you discovered the hottest golf ball since the Pro V1? Well, listen up. They're Chromax golf balls, and they're cooler and more colorful than Ricky Fowler's outfits on the PGA Tour. Chromax golf balls feature a reflective inner layer and translucent outer layer that make the golf ball appear brighter and easier to hit. Chromax's metallic finish reflects sunlight through the clear cover for unprecedented visibility, making it easier to hit the sweet spot, track the trajectory of your ball in flight, and make adjustments to your swing. Chromax golf balls are USGA approved and come in a rainbow of colors to suit every golfer's personality and playing ability. Lower your scores and put some fun back into your game. 
Promax golf balls are available at your local golfsmith stores or visit www.promaxgolf.com. We all want more distance immediately. Now get a more powerful release and impact and increase your distance with the full release reverse grip from Feel Golf. The full release reverse grip gives you a correct tour player-like grip the very first time you use it. That means more power and increased distance. The pros love it and you will too. The full release sold at Golfsmith and other fine retailers or buy online now at feelgolf.net. That's feelgolf.net. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble. We're back. The Golf Insiders. Taking you home on the fairways of I-4. Wrapping up another hour of intelligent golf talk. Rich B and Holly G here, chatting away. Intelligent golf talk. All right. Patriots or Giants? Giants, go Giants! <laughs> Patriots, all right, let's get this settled. Let's Can't go. wait till Sunday. Straight to our local man, Jeff Shane from the Orlando Sentinel, who was all over the PGA Merchandise Show along with us. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Um, Want to talk to you about a couple of things. Um, one, uh, uh, somebody who is going to be on everybody's radar as the LPGA starts uh, their their season uh, next week. That is Lexi Thompson, and I know you know her well. Covered her uh, for a long time since she was a junior. She was at the PGA show. Give us uh, the scoop on Lexi, what we can expect, do you think? She's champing at the bit uh, and just getting... Uh... Uh, getting ready to uh, kind of do the warm-up event. She's going to play in the uh, Gold Coast Ladies Masters this week, uh, which is a, uh Australian-New Zealand tour event but uh, does not have LPGA status. And then uh, they'll go right into the LPGA opener at uh, the Women's Australian Open at Royal Melbourne. She's She's... Definitely ready to get back out on the course. She does not like long breaks. And, you know, we were talking about how amazingly um, mature. I mean, she's 16 years old. Um, you know, give us a little sense, because you have covered her since she was a junior, of, you know, where she's got all this composure given her age and, you know, coming out of the blocks, winning, you know, winning a tournament. Well, she's she, she's always, you know, had a pretty good uh uh, a pretty good support system. Her her dad Scott and her, her mom Judy uh, have been have been real good about uh, uh, kind of letting the rope out a little bit at a time and and not uh, just throwing her into the spotlight and throwing her into the deep end. And I think that has really helped her. I think it also helps that she's got a brother who has uh, spent time on the PGA Tour, Nicholas Thompson. He's going to be a nationwide tour player this year, and she's got a middle brother, uh, Curtis, who uh, is a freshman at LSU. So. Uh, the golf competition in that family is pretty intense, and she has been so driven all her life to keep up with her brothers that uh, it's facilitated just this fast, fast rise on the women's circuit. Well, and some other news coming from down under, speaking of youngest breakthrough players, Lydia Ko, 14, the youngest amateur to win a tour event, playing this past week in Australia. Yeah, the, the, uh, I believe it's the New South Wales Open, which is on that same tour, uh, that, that, uh, the, uh, ANZ Ladies Masters is, is, uh, playing this week. Uh, Lydia Coe is, uh, uh, yeah, you just, 
they keep coming younger. I mean, and we're, get, we're getting like tennis now here at the the LPGA. We are, and uh, there, there's a lot of uh, uh, you know, a lot of good training out there, um, you know, and obviously a lot of good training in Australia as well as the United States. Uh, Lydia is, uh, was born in South Korea, but uh, her parents decided to uh, go to Australia for advanced training, and so she's been living there for the last however many years. Uh, she has been the top-ranked amateur in the World Amateur Golf Rankings for a little while now, and, and uh, she was uh, uh, she's been a, a top three amateur for well over a year. So uh, here is somebody else who has just developed very very quickly. Well, it's going to be pretty exciting uh, to to watch these uh, young phenoms and some other LPGA news. Meg Mallon uh, announced as the next uh, Solheim Cup captain. Yeah, kind of no surprise. I, I think that it's a, a good match, and I think uh, you know there might have been a little foreshadowing uh, in the fact that uh, the Solheim Cup next year is going to be at Colorado Golf Club outside Denver. It just so happens to be where her longtime teacher Mike McGretrick, uh has been based, and so uh, she knows the area. She probably knows the the course very well already, um, and, and she's always been. You know, the type that, uh, you know, plays with passion, don't get me wrong, but she's always been very good at unifying others, and I think she's going to do a great job at, at rallying the U.S. pros to get that cup back. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, she certainly will be, and uh, we've just got a minute left, Jeff. What was the thing that stuck out to you uh, most uh, at the PGA show in terms of uh, new uh, new toys and new gadgets? Well, I, I spent so much time chasing players around, uh, even, you know, trying to uh, track down Sean Foley after Tiger's good third round in Abu Dhabi, I really didn't get a chance to go to that many of the booths. Well, you so were, that, you were working hard off. in that press room, I, I have to say. <laughs> you were, you were burning it up in there. So, and, uh, final question, is it the Patriots or the Giants for you, buddy? I have always, uh, picked the team with the better defense, and that is the New York Giants. Yes, yes, all right, because, uh, I don't know, Brian, we gotta go to you because we got two, uh, Patriots guys in here, and where are you going, buddy? I'm, go- my boy Tom Brady. I'm going with the Patriots. Oh! My boy. My boy Tom Brady. Alright, game on. We'll, uh, be at you next week with the more of the Golf Insiders. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Jeff Shane. Thanks to all our Golf Insiders, and we'll be back next week.